Hello and welcome back to the Jerick Show. Happy New Year to everyone. It feels like it's been forever since uh, since we've caught up and had a good old chat on uh, what's the latest goings on in cyber security. So without further ado, can I remember how to operate this thing? This all, so I've got, I'll preface this with this. Today's episode might be about average. And the reason for that is that IT issued me with a new laptop and um, all the permissions are wrong. So I can't screen share at the moment. So I'm going to have to rely on Mr. Unreliable to, to do that for me. And um, the buttons are everywhere in the wrong places. But having said that, I am a true professional. I will keep on going. I will not disappoint. This will be the best minutes of your life. Welcome to The Jarek Show. Featuring your hosts, Javad Malik and Eric Crone. Timely topics, poorly presented. And let's welcome to the screen the man who every year says, New Year, New Me, and still remains the same awful self. Eric Crone, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, but I'm not saying that this year. It's a New Year, same old me. You get the same old, same old from me. So it's not even the same. It's a deteriorating you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I got to tell you something that I love about this is whenever you start this show, you always look surprised that the camera is on after the countdown. And I mean, you control that, which is the irony that you're surprised that there it is every time. <laughs> It's like, wow, is this thing on? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like the eye thing you do at the end when you're making sure that we went off. <laughs> Y'all watch for that at the end of this. Um, no, it's you're not watching for does. that. This is uh, really bad. No, it it is. Uh, this has been an interesting year. You know, it's been busy since we were last on here. I, I went to CES, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas, and uh, saw a lot of very interesting things there. Asked some security questions like I did last year. And was left wholly disappointed like I was last year. <laughs> um, so it, a bit like your father and you every year. That's just not nice. No. It was interesting. There there were some minor changes this year, though. Um, oh, that's a lovely mug. Yes, you um, gave it to me. <laughs> there were some interesting changes this year. Uh, one of them being they actually had a cybersecurity um session which was i believe the first one that ces has actually ever done which was kind of refreshing um it had uh jen easterly she's the um cisa for uh the director for cisa mm -hmm. which is a great organization honestly i think it is one of those better government organizations they are really trying and and doing some things to help people out and then uh, george kurtz the ceo for uh, uh crowdstrike was on there too and I thought that it was a little bit refreshing that they had these people there in this show, given how things are evolving and, you know, we're making everything smart these days. Uh, and the, the last thing a lot of these vendors think about is cybersecurity. So I'm glad to see that kind of popping up there. You're right. It's, it's super important. And I think we were talking about this the other day. It's like you go to buy any device nowadays and it's smart. It's internet enabled. Yeah. So you look at it and you think, well, how long is this thing going to last me? So you go to buy a car and you think, well, it's going to last me 10 years at least. 
But then you flip it around and say, well, okay, how long are you going to actually be providing software updates on this purchase? And it's going to be like eh, three years, five years, if you're really lucky. Um, so, you, you know, it, it becomes a really um, interesting trade-off for, for things like, you know, it's almost like, it's almost as if manufacturers want you to refresh your devices every couple of years. Yeah, you know, you're right. And that is, that's one of the questions I asked a lot of these vendors, right? So um, I talked to the people at Stellantis, which are over um, like Dodge, Jeep, um, Peugeot, uh, Voxel, one of, one of your Homeland favorites. Is it? Um, yeah, that, that falls under Stellantis too. Oh. Um, heard no, all about I, them. Uh, heard all about them from uh, Top Gear and <laughs> and how wonderful they are. Anyways, you know, I was talking to them and I started asking them some questions because I was there for the rollout of the new Peugeot concept car, Peugeot. which is really cool, but it's fully autonomous. Like at one point, it'll even tuck in the steering wheel and gives you this, you know, big display for infotainment and you can watch shows while it's driving you down the road. And I started asking, I said, you know, all these things are now drive by wire. Your steering is by wire, your brakes, all that stuff. And it's an OTA, um, you know, over the air capable updated vehicle. These things are connected all over. So obviously we're going to find some security flaws down the road, but when we do, how long are you supporting this? And, and I mentioned to them that, you know, if you think about 20 years, it seems like a long time when you think about it, but right now that's a 2003 car on the road. And there's a lot of 2003 cars still on the road. So at what point do we, you know, I also, I talked to a gentleman from Tesla while I was actually waiting for that and started asking some of these questions. And, and he was actually like, you know, I hadn't really thought about that um, because it, it feels like 20 years is a long time, but somebody's going to have to support these things. Yeah. And I couldn't get a good answer from anybody. Um, Stellantis swears they're going to get back with me. <laughs> I even asked this of John Deere who had their giant autonomous tractors there. And I said, you know, I'm going to throw on my tinfoil hat here, but let's say if I'm a bad actor from a nation state, um, I get a hold of one of these tractors that's doing the, uh, uh, the pesticides or spraying out the, uh, um, you know, fertilizers and stuff. If, if I muck with that, I can kill 10,000 acres, you know, in a couple of days if I'm a bad actor and I want to start, causing problems like that. Right. Or I can turn them into the cow pen and run over all the cattle. I mean, you know, there's all these like crazy things that I can think of that you could do with this, but it's a pretty significant thing. And, and I asked the guy, I said, you know, there's a lot of like 1946 John Deere still running around in fields out there. We're talking about a multi-million dollar tractor here. How long do you support it? And what are your cybersecurity, you know, um, thoughts on this or, or programs? And all I could really get from him is we are following the industry best practice, <laughs> which I thought was interesting given John Deere is kind of like leading the industry best practices and a lot of things. I thought that was a pretty weak response. Oh, well, it's, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a bit like how every day, you know, you finish off the work and, you know, you, you, you sign off and then your kid, one of your kids comes up and they hand you a little sign saying, at least you tried. So, you know, it's, that's what's best practice is all about. Is this the E for effort sort of thing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, bring up the first story, Eric. You're all in right. control today. Well, what? Oh, I have to share the screen now? Okay. Yes. All right, fine. I'll do the work. Yeah. The Guardian mm. 
got hit by the ransomware. What a shocker. Ransomware. It's still happening. Yeah, it's well, ransomware is everywhere. It, it, it keeps on happening. <laughs> the um, gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, head, hello, Eddie. Good, Good morning to morning, you, too. Eddie. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, The Guardian was there. And what was interesting, the, the website didn't go down there. Their main uh, systems didn't go down like that, the publishing site. But on the other side, their internal systems were impacted and a lot, all of their staff details got compromised. Like it sounds like all of their HR files, like their, 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 their addresses, bank accounts, salaries, identity documents such as passports, etc. And then you think, wow, okay, this is bad in any organization. But when you're dealing with journalists who are frequently targeted anyway by nation states, yeah. When they're when they're doing some coverage that is a bit close to the bone or what have you, this becomes like really quite significant for those individuals impacted. Yeah, you know, we we've talked about this a little bit. We've touched on it in the past with journalists. Um, but if you look at things like that Pegasus phone malware that was out there, and mm. um that's a huge thing that targeted journalists to the point that um Amnesty International actually has a program for journalists to send their phones to them and they will identify and remove if Pegasus um, malware is on those phones, which is a, a, a spy malware, because these folks are targeted so much. So then you go out and you dump all of their real and sensitive information, including passport stuff. Um, you know, you give that to some bad actors. My understanding is they're trying to sell it. Um, that's just not a that's not a good feeling. That's not a good look. Either, no, no, not a good look at all. Not a good look at all. And, uh, oh, uh, LinkedIn user is uh, professing their love for John Deere, but then follows it up with saying, but not a good idea. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, I'm with you, too. I, I do like John Deere for some things. Now, they've been the target of a lot of issues, actually, if you think about it, with their right to repair policies, yes, yes. where you buy this multi-million dollar tractor and you can't work on it. Um, they they say that you lease the software, so you're not allowed to do anything with that. Um and that's been an ongoing issue with John Deere for, for a long time. Now, I happen to own a very small John Deere tractor with none of that crap on it, so I don't have to worry about it too much. Um, but ultimately, I mean, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, to say the least. Well, so, nice all right, let's, let's check out the next story here. Now, I see some, something feels common about this, Javad. <laughs> I don't it's is it because it's another ransomware attack <laughs> this is this is rich isn't it it's the guardian reporting a ransomware attack on the royal mail so oh, that that's what it is <laughs> okay I see it now yeah it is it's the guardian reporting on a ransomware attack huh the irony <laughs> yeah, yeah Pegasus so. is still huge uh yeah newer version I mean to, to step back there to, to Jonathan's point, I mean, Pegasus is, it's not even like hackers made this necessarily. It's it's legitimate Israeli organization that sells it uh, for the whole purpose of spying, quite honestly, yeah. to other nation states and stuff. Um, and yeah, they're, they're still developing it. So anyway, back to the Royal Mail here. Yes. Ransomware attackers threatened to publish stolen data and they've been asking people not to ship stuff overseas now yeah so they royal mail has actually asked us over here say don't post any parcels overseas 
um because well there's been a a bunch of issues there was a bit of a strike at the, and then like you know they got hit by ransomware so i assume there's been a massive backlog from the strike and then the ransomware means like Systems are just <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things that has just um, compounded further and further. So, you know, ransomware is causing a lot of havoc. So uh, the thing is now there's people speculate, and it's pure speculation at the moment, that this could be Russian-sponsored uh, or uh, encouraged attacks. And... Uh, it, it could be because Royal Mail is part of the critical national infrastructure. It's a, it's a very visible target, so uh, and it's quite disruptive. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting to see how this will pan out. Yeah. Oh, hey, all right. Yeah, met it uh, at, at Convene. We were just at a conference here in uh, in Clearwater. And so, hi, Christian. It's nice to, nice to see you again. Thanks for uh, being a friend of the show, obviously. Um, yeah, you know, so with ransomware, it, it is, it, it's one of these things that, uh, like I mentioned earlier, it just keeps on giving and it, it's hitting, it doesn't matter who you are. And this is the interesting thing. Like when we see these stories, we see them from every corner of industry, right? From manufacturing to, we've even seen like small stores um, hit by this. It doesn't really matter. I've, I've heard of individuals hit by ransomware at home. You know, um, it, it's something that is, a considerable problem. And the interesting thing is the way it usually spreads, as we know, is phishing, right? We know that the guardian one was email phishing. Um, yep. Still the simplest way to get stuff in is phishing people. And I'm not trying to sound like a commercial here, but it's kind of why we do what we do. Cause we need to remind people of that. Um, now here's a question for you. You said that they asked you not to send stuff overseas. Does that mean, like literally overseas or are they talking about not within the rest of Europe? Cause I know you guys were part of something and then you exited it or something to that. <laughs> did, did that impact anything? I mean, seriously though, are they talking, so, so are they it's, talking it's, it's overseas? Just, it's just convenient now. Now, now if you're, if you live in the continent of Europe and you want to come over to the UK, well, good luck trying to spend more than 90 days here or trying to get a work visa. You know, it's like you were here taking all of our jobs apparently. So, <laughs> Well, um, and but now that we've this... and now that we've exited, now there's zero percent unemployment in in the UK, so it's worked really well. Oh, I'm sure it's fixed everything. Yeah, um, but are they saying like don't send within Europe? Are they saying like sending no, over uh, here to yeah, China? Overseas, or... I mean, Europe is, I, I believe, considered overseas. Is it really? <laughs> it's over the sea. So, yeah. <laughs> you are on an island right so yes we are on an island yeah. so everything technically is overseas when even island is over the sea <laughs> all right well let's uh let's check the next one here um and, and this kind of goes back to a post that i made out there oh, adrian what's thank going you on, adrian man? i know you're talking about me you accidentally put an s at the end but thank you appreciate you appreciate yeah you. adrian all right um okay so this goes back to a post that I made on like uh, Twitter and, and LinkedIn where uh, it occurred to me that whenever we see an outage, like we had this big FAA outage here in the U.S. last week and it shut down all kinds of flights everywhere. Like it was another nightmare of air travel here. And, you know, one of the first things I started hearing people say was, was it a hack? Was it a hack? It must have been a hack, right? Probably ransomware. 
we seem to be, at least in, in a lot of the circles I'm in, we seem to default now to, oh, it was some sort of a hack instead of some sort of a, a system failure. In this case, they say that somebody replaced a file, it blew up a database or whatever. Um, but we we always seem to have that mentality now, at least a lot of the people I know. Uh, was that one of the first things you thought of or think of when you see something like this these days? No, for, for, for old legacy organizations that have been around for like 50 years, 100 years, I, my mind always goes to legacy systems, you know, just something eventually <laughs> broke or that one developer that was maintaining the code base <laughs> retired or something. It, it, it's, it's far too, too frequent. And, and the other thing is now organizations are almost completely reliant on the digital technology systems. So the backup processes that we had in place are no longer there. And, and it reminds me of um, a conversation I had with my dad. And uh, I asked him, I said, like, oh, back in the day, you know, when you were young, you never used to lock your house. Or, like doors would always be open. And he was like, yeah. And like in the, in the summer when it got hot, we'd move to a cooler place and like leave the house for a few months and what have you. And I said, but what if someone broke in? And he goes, there's nothing for them to take. Maybe there's like three pans or something or like, you know, <laughs> or like a bed frame. He goes, literally, like you, you, you'd carry in a backpack everything you own. There, there's no money or, or yeah. phones or TVs or anything of the sort. Like literally, like the most valuable thing was probably the structure of the house. Right. So, And, and, and I think I, I mentioned that because... I think that's how a lot of organizations with their digital transformation has gone over the years. Like before you could break into an organization or, or like, you know, you, you probably remember these sorts of things where like someone will walk in on a Wednesday and say, Hey, so-and-so database has been down since last Friday and no one's really noticed. And you're like, Oh, <laughs> let's get it. Let's work to get it back up again. Now, uh, nowadays though, everything is so reliant on it that, you know, even like a five minute outage is, is a big deal. And uh, similarly, like there is no backup process for any of these systems. Things are just a yeah. lot more valuable now. So that's why we don't leave our houses unlocked anymore because anyone can walk in and walk out with 10 grand's worth of equipment in like 10 minutes. Um, and the same thing with, with our technology systems. So I think there, there's just like when you see these historical companies and they have an outage, it's you know pretty much down to something like that in, in my opinion. That's where my mind goes first or second maybe some yeah something along those lines interesting yeah my mind generally goes to was it an attack and maybe that's just from being so surrounded by this all the time but that was my first thing i thought of is oh a system down now the system that was down here it's called the notam system um if you ever take like the uh the the official drone classes uh here in the u.s uh, it's the part 107 to be like a, a drone pilot you have to learn how to read these things and what it does is it tells the pilots basically what the weather outlook is for the next certain amount of time. Are there thunderstorms? Are there just regular rain? Is it, you know, all that kind of stuff. And it, it's put out very simply. Well, not necessarily simply, but it's a, a short, basically shot that tells you, tells them what to expect. And that's what went down here. Now, my understanding is they're working on a backup system already and have been, but they haven't migrated over to that. But, you know, it seems like, of all the things that I want to have faith in, it's air travel when it comes to having <laughs> modern systems. And we had, we saw over here what happened with Southwest Airlines when their system 
just totally imploded on itself because it's ancient. It's old. They rely on people to call in and tell them where they are instead of the system, like knowing where all their pilots and crew are. I mean, that was a fiasco. And these are the things that are transporting millions of people a week all across the world. You know, it's, it's almost a little bit scary. It is indeed. It is indeed. You, thanks for like, really lifting my spirits today, Eric. I knew I was feeling too happy after the new year started, and I knew speaking to you would soon rectify that. So thank you. Well, knowing my uh, my history of travel curses, <laughs> I mean, you, come on, you now. are a curse, Eric. Come on, it's not just the travel. You are the curse. Oh, you're hurting me. You're hurting me inside, my friend. You're hurting me inside. Well, there is a lot of inside to hurt, so you know there is that goodness good so i, I see stories i see so. you've decided not to do any more stories was oh no i thought that was the end of the stories and i oh I was no too, no and i got tired of looking at me in a small screen i want to see me in a big screen i mean like i'm a handsome devil as adrian put it who am i to argue <laughs> we got a couple couple fun ones here um i thought this was actually quite funny this group was trying to break into a marijuana dispensary and ended up in a diaper cleaning business instead apparently they broke into the building next door (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kind of wondering like what i would have loved to have seen the look on their face when they realized that they were in a place full of dirty diapers and and baby crap and stuff instead of marijuana everywhere right wow wow yeah and and i can see so the marijuana business is at least over here. I don't know how it is over there, actually, with you guys, if it's uh, been allowed or not. But over here, you know, obviously, it's it's been approved for medicinal purposes uh, and in many places for recreational. And uh, mm-hmm. that's at the state level. Feds still say it's, it's illegal, but the states are going, yeah, that's okay. Um, but over here, they have these dispensaries. And one of the interesting things about these, I, I know somebody who's done some physical security for them as well as, as cyber. Um, they deal in cash a lot because the credit card companies aren't on board with supporting something that's federally illegal. So right. there's a lot of cash that comes and goes from these places. And I think that's probably why they're targets a lot for these kinds of um, these kinds of thefts. They're, they're going for the cash that's in there. Um, do you have the same sort of thing over there on, on your side of the pond? So I have seen a lot of these CBD oil and type types of like places crop up. Um, I don't know what their business model is like. Um, I assume, well, we don't have the federal and state issues here and we don't even have the EU reg- legislations to worry about. No, thank you very much. So we... <laughs> So I assume everything's just laundered through Her Majesty or His Majesty's Revenue and Customs, and uh, <laughs> they take their their fish shakedown um, uh, as it is. So yeah, that's what my understanding is. But obviously, if anyone knows better, please write to us. Let us know. Otherwise, um, send me some money, and I'll go out and do some investigative journalism for you. <laughs> All right. Okay. We got one more story. I know this is going a little bit long, but we've been gone for a while. Right? Yeah. Um, I I thought this was kind of funny because we see this all the time in social media, right? Those online quiz questions. And actually I wanted to provide this. We're going to put the links to these things in the show notes, uh, which you can go back. They'll all be updated here pretty soon. Um, but, uh, this is one of those things that I tell people all the time, like quit answering those stupid quiz things. And this is good ammo to be able to provide to them to say, look, I told you stop doing this crap. 
This is from the FTC, the, the U.S. Federal Trade Commission. Um, but basically, they're pointing out that these things are used to farm your, what, Javad? Personal information. Password reset questions. Yes, that's and- what I was going to say. <laughs> Yeah, um, they they are though being used for. You're right, personal information, but that a lot of that can be used for password resets, right? What do they ask us? They ask us personal information to reset passwords. So, in, in, yeah, go ahead. Go it's ahead. A, it's a bit like um, astrology. People who be, believe in astrology or whatever, you they they will get. Oh, here's your mini horoscope, but click here to find out everything about what's going to happen to your day, or find out which which. Which uh, star sign you actually are meant to be. And, uh, you know, people believe in that kind of nonsense. Oh, sorry, I don't mean to offend any of our viewers or readers, but, uh, you know, th- there's all sorts of things that people believe in. And that's what's really interesting about these quizzes that they, they're often really tailored to individual tastes. So find out which Marvel character you are, <laughs> or yeah. what would be your superhero name, or, you know, what would be this or that, the other. And uh, some of them are really clever because they don't even have something you submit. They'll just say, if your first name, be- if your mother's maiden name begins with this letter and whatever, <laughs> then this is the letter. And if it's like this, and then post your answer below. Yeah. So you don't even think that you're clicking through or giving away anything actively, but it's really easy to see what you've just done. It is pretty interesting. I mean, they they are clever. These These attackers are are definitely more clever than they have been in the past. And I think a lot of people underestimate what it is we're, we're doing here. Yeah. Smarter than your average beer. <laughs> Something like that. Was that, were you trying to do it? Like, a? it doesn't matter what I was trying to do. All I know is that it's time to wrap up. Thank you everyone for joining us today. We hope to see you again next week until then stay secure. And I'm trying not to do the